This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter, here with Jake Ellenberger. Yo. The juggernaut. Uh, before we start, I want to thank our sponsors. Remove It Restoration. Has your business been vandalized? Have... Uh, has your place been totally screwed up? Has your place been tagged up? Have gang members destroyed your business storefront? If so, please call the professionals at Remove It Restoration. Take away graffiti, restore etched windows, and get your business back to business for a fraction of the cost. So call them at 1-888-424-9697 or go to removeitrestoration.com. That's 1-888-424-9697 or go to removeitrestoration.com. Trust me, these guys are great. Eric is a really, really great guy. He sponsors fighters. Got women like Roxanne Modafari. Great dude. So uh, definitely, definitely check them out. Also, Hemp Core. Hemp Core. I've been taking Hemp Core protein. Honestly, my body has never felt better. It's uh, started by two Canadian guys. It's 100% certified hemp protein. I'm telling you guys, it's it, you know sometimes you like take these protein powders. You don't know what's in it. It's 100% hemp. Uh, you're not gonna fail a drug test. Uh, lots of people take it. A lot of UFC fighters take it, and uh, Jordan Mean being one of them. It. You've taken it. It's good. It is. I've, it's actually I was I was pleasantly surprised. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you can get it at hempcorestore.com. That's H-E-M-P-C-O-R-S-T-O-R-E.com, and uh, it's uh, Canadian money, so you could actually save some money. Jake, how's it going, brother? It's good, man. It's good to see you, Adam. It's great it's, to see uh, you, man. I always look forward to uh, to our meetings. So. Really? Yeah, man. I do. Nice. I know how it's been like two weeks. What's going on? How was how was your how was your week's been? It's been good, man. Just just super busy. Uh, obviously getting ready for July twelfth uh, at MGM. Um, so been you know been training, but things are things are going well. You know, been able to drop a little weight, but uh, you know, getting ready to start to peak. So nice. But, yeah, things are good, man. I can't complain. Are you bringing a lot of karate guys for your training camp or? Uh, zero. Zero. No, zero. Zero karate guys. Zero karate. Is that is that a smart move? No. Why, why would I bring a karate guy? <laughs> well, because it seems like a lot of times they want to emulate the guy you're fighting, so you you would bring in oh, a guy. Oh, st- Tom, he does karate. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. I this is this is news to me. I didn't know that. Really? Sorry. Yeah. First time. Have you been watching any of his fights? No, I haven't seen a fight now. Good. That's a very good strategy, yeah, man. I, I would do the same thing if I were you. Fuck it. Just, yeah. You just show up. And whoever's in front of you, knock them out. Yeah, come on, Adam. I've been in, I've been in fights for free, man. Because they're <laughs> gonna pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Oh. I love that. Uh, I I had a crazy, crazy week, man. Uh, How was your trip, man? Dude, it was insane, man. Let me tell you about this. So, two weeks ago, I was performing. Um, I was in Tennessee at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga. Uh, great, great crowds. Lo- I actually loved it there. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Then they flew me from Atlanta to uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Dubai. And Dubai to the Seychelles Island, right? So it was like 12 hours to Amsterdam, six hours and six hours. Seychelles, the middle of the Indian Ocean, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I say beautiful, like... Postcard? Yeah, ridiculous. Like, wow. I have my own private beach. Yeah. They gave me like a three-room condo on the beach. You go on the beach, it's, it's like, it's salt water. I mean, it's unbel- it's, like a, it's like a hot tub. So it's me and this guy, Ahmed Ahmed, the funny comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we do a show for the prince, right? He basically this <laughs> the, the prince of like Saudi owns half the island. Yeah. So he owns this like the th- this like theater on the island. They bring us in. They they give us a, a cell phone and say we're gonna call you. It's very secretive. On the plane we meet the cast of Fifty Shades of Grey the musical. Okay. They were actually brought in also. That's cool. So, which was yeah. Which I didn't even know they had a musical. They're sitting behind us. So me and Ahmed do a show for the prince and like fifty women that he's taken. He's imported in from other countries. Wow. Like. The hottest one I've ever seen in my life, like, and like seven gay dudes. Okay. On this like, like palace that he bu- he built basically, yeah. and I'm fucking wrecking everything. Applause break. I don't know who these women are. Yeah. But they're all dressed in like mini skirts, like cut. You could see huge tits. Unbelievable. It's like a fucking wet dream. I even said that on stage. <laughs> I'm almost laughing while I'm on stage. Yeah. So I'm like, this is so fucking surreal. Then Ahmed goes on. Ahmed fucking kills. We get a standing ovation. We can't really see the prince. Awesome, He's in the back. Yeah. No, but then here's where the story fucking. So then at the end, they tell us, but you, you can't party with any of the girls. 
You can't talk to anybody. We, they ushered us back out to our wow, part of the island. Wow. Yeah, dude. It was like it was, the guy wanted to have no competition. Wow. So we didn't get to talk to anybody. And then from the back, we're like, hey, can't we just go out for a little bit? They're like, no, sorry. You can't. They the were all with the prince. You were all with the prince. Okay. And we got to see a, a, like a, a TV of everyone partying. So it's me and I'm mad in the back. <laughs> watching. We're watching the whole place go fucking ballistic, oh. doing flips. Yeah, and we got to talk to nobody. But it was still awesome. So then, uh, I mean, I still got my own beach, and it was still like. Yeah, yeah. So then Ahmed knows people in Dubai. So he's like, hey, man, come to Dubai for a couple days. Um, he's, awesome. like, he's like, I'll, 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 I'll take care of you. So we go to Dubai, and uh, we go to this hotel, and Ahmed knows the owner of the hotel. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a prince too, right? Another prince. So he owns the hotel we're at, this fucking beautiful hotel. There's a nightclub. We go to the nightclub. Every third girl in the nightclub is an escort. I mean, oh, okay. which is kind of, which like kind of sucks because like a lot of people are like, girls come up, hey, what's going on, blah blah blah, yeah. and then they're like, hey, five hundred dollars for sex, like ah, fuck. Yeah. So then I told them I'm an escort too. Yeah. They're like, you're an escort. I'm all me too. I'm like, I, I charge five hundred bucks as well. But either way, it's I a wash. Had, Let's a, go. Right. Yeah. Either way, I, I have, I have, I have a girlfriend now. Anyway, so I was like, you know what, I got a girlfriend. So we go. We go to so we go to Dubai. So then this prince invites us to this like VIP room where we're staying at, at the club. There's a hot tub in the VIP room, mm. a hot tub. <laughs> Women are coming in the hot tub. Like the prince is like standing on a, on a, a uh, towel because he don't want to get his, his like feet thing. I'm like I should get a towel. Just walk around with a fucking towel yeah. and just, just like st step on it wherever I go. <laughs> Take off my shoes. It was insane, dude. I, I had the fucking best time. But meanwhile, porn's blocked in the hotel. Because afterwards, well, after and like when we, we were in Seychelles, right? Huh. We, we like wanted to go to uh, we w wanted to go to a, a uh, club afterwards. We're like fuck this, dude. Like you know this is ridiculous. Ahmed's Ahmed's all pissed off because he got teased by all these girls. So we go to this club. And I'm like, it's all locals. We go there. We're the only white people there. Mm. Ahmed's like, uh, he's not, you know, he's Middle Eastern, but I, he's, yeah. he's whiter than these people. So um, it was like the music stopped. But I was having a grand old time. Actually, I was doing my black dance moves on the dance floor. Were you? And dancing my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was having a blast. Is that, that's kind of, that's got to be cool. Like where you go to a place where nobody, nobody knows you. So it's kind of like you can just disappear. Do you, you know, you don't care how ridiculous you are. Oh, look. I didn't get, yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to see these people again. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was having a blast, dude. I had, honestly, <laughs> I needed awesome. a couple of days off, which was, which was great. And I got a couple of days off. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm, but I'm still like, the flight yesterday was 15 hours. I got off the flight, went right to a comedy club at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. Really? Literally went to Long Damn. Beach. Like, I was like, fuck it. That's a long flight. Yeah, 15 hours. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was fun though. I mean, it was, uh, I had a really good time. I, I, I saw this like, I saw this like stray dog in Africa. Mm -hmm. oh, no, and, and, and when I was in Seychelles in India, which is right off the coast of Africa, it was in it was actually in the airport, and I was like petting it. It was very friendly. Hmm. I wanted to take it with me, but it had like his bones sticking out. But they, they wouldn't let me on the, on the flight with the dog. Okay, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, but I, I really wanted to rescue this dog. Uh, I got so, a bear trap for my birthday. Really? Yeah. Nice. Like what was real, your birthday? Yeah, a real bear. Well, it was it was the end of March twenty eighth, so right. it's, it's passed. But. Uh, I've had this weird obsession since I was a little kid with bear traps. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Do you want a bear? Not really. <laughs> no, I just th – these traps, they fascinate me. I don't know why. But uh, Torn, one of the guys – Yeah, uh, he was on the show. Yeah, he was on the show, Torn. He's, uh, he's a very interesting guy. But uh, he was like, oh, you know, I got you. I got a bear trap for you. And then, like, it showed up – like, two days later, it showed up on my doorstep. And I was like, open the box, you know. And my, my girlfriend, <laughs> Mackenzie's like – Hey, what is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, nothing. Hey, where's your dog? <laughs> no, just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> wait, so Torrin got you a wait, so a bear trap? Oh, no, yeah. are you gonna use this bear trap? Well, I, you know, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't. I don't know. <laughs> I was don't gonna go put it. Hunting for bears, man. I want to put it on the wall, like just the bear trap. Yeah, the not trap the actual on the wall. bear. But no, people, the, the the trap. People are gonna yeah. think you're into bondage or something, or into some weird sexual know, man, fetishes. <laughs> I've had worse accusations. Really? What were these worse? What were some of your worst I accusations? I can't speak on. I can't speak into, into the outer, on this podcast about it. So. Oh come on! Really? <laughs> so did you you watch the fights over the weekend? Mm. I did. I did. Condit yeah. Alves. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was great. It was you know good to see Condit back. Um, always an exciting guy, you know. But, and it, plus coming off a layoff, it's always it's always tough. You know, it's always. Curious to see how somebody returns, bounces back. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's he, he, you know, he, he bounced back. He, he, he broke his nose. It was 
pretty gnarly. But uh, I was telling Marina, I, well, Marina actually came, but then couldn't stay. Uh, but I was telling, uh, she'll be back next week. Next week, by the way, we have Chris Weidman on the show as well as Johnny Hendricks. Uh, today we have Frankie Edgar and Will Brooks, by the way. But I was telling, uh, I was telling uh, Marina. Kind of look, the first round was a little, was very close. You can almost say Alves won the first round. Mm -hmm. You know, Condat is one of these guys, when he sees blood, he just, he goes after it. Yeah. I mean, he looked amazing. After he fired, he landed that initial elbow and he saw blood, he just took it to him. Yeah. I mean, Alves' nose was in the fucking fourth row. Uh, give Alves credit, though, because he oh, didn't, yeah. uh, what heart? Because a lot of guys, a lot of lesser men would have been like, you know what, they would have either tapped or looked for a way I out. It. I know it. I think he wanted to keep fighting too. But yeah, he was. They were like, "No, your your nose is over here on your other side of your face." Nuh -uh. No, and the thing about Alves, all I kept thinking was, we had one of the guys on American Top Team that said he gets the most pussy out of anybody, uh, or at the Black Zillions, right? He's a Black Zillion. Uh, said, American Top a, Team. Oh, ATT. Yeah. They said all the ATT guys, he gets the most pussy out of everybody. Hmm. Um, so it's. Just, I wonder if that's gonna actually. Uh, Hold true now that his nose is, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like I don't like thinking. I was like, man, this guy will probably. I wonder how they're gonna get his nose back. Is his nose ever gonna be the same? You think? I don't know. You know, it's it, it, if he, but that's the thing. Like, cause I've I've had some uh, I've had a septoplasty. Like I've had so I can breathe easier through my nose. But you know, if if he's gonna keep fighting, there's I mean, you gotta any any you know you go through plastic surgery, it's dangerous. You know, you're gonna fight again. It's gonna it could potentially be worse. But uh, so how long do you think know. he's out for? Uh, I'd probably say end of the year, maybe six months. Wow. Five months. I mean, Matt Brown was basically t tweeted out like, they're going to stop a freaking uh, a fight because of bleeding. Like he, <laughs> he, he couldn't believe they were going to stop that fight. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a good call, right? I mean, if your nose, if, you, if your nose is dripping blood the entire time, they got to call the fight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's, Plus, it, they weren't sure if it probably affected his vision or if there's going to be long-term. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of factors, but every ref's differently. It's it's just like judging, man. It's very inconsistent. Yeah, no, that was a that was a, that was a crazy fight. Uh, there was a lot of uh, the 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 Nick Lenz fight. I kind of felt bad for Nick. He's a guy that I always root for. He got caught with that with that guillotine by Charles Oliveira. He was looking pretty good before. It was a back and forth fight. You know, Nick is one of these guys who uh, he's right there. He'll give anybody yeah. a tough fight. He's a yeah. solid dude. He, he reminds me a lot of Gray Maynard, like super tough, and he's been right there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Kind of on the brink of, of a top echelon guy, but just has to, you know what I mean? It's hard for him to break through. It's hard, and it's so crazy because the way that um that Oliveira set it up, I didn't realize he was only 24 years old. I thought he was older. Was that, you know, he, he, he came in with a knee. Well, Nick he looks Lentz, 44 or what? Because no, he's, he's been around for a yeah, while. You I know. Know, he came in with a knee. Nick looked down for two seconds. Two seconds. He's left on that guillotine. It wasn't even like a bad shot to a guillotine. Yeah. Because that's what I first thought it was. When I first like saw it, I'm like, oh, he probably just wrestler shot. It was. It could have happened to anybody. Mm. It was that split second. Knee to the. Uh, what a setup. Yeah. And uh, it, that was a tough fight for Nick. Um, I think he'll come back, but he's just. You know, you, I almost feel bad for all these, these the lower tier top ten guys mm -hmm. in that division because of all the attention that Conor McGregor is getting. Yeah. You know, you, you look at this like Conor McGregor in his McMansion, and uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I actually met some people in Ireland, and they said they hate Conor McGregor. They said a lot of Ireland hates him. They said really? that there's two. Well, this, he was telling me that like, I guess he's from the, the part of Ireland where everyone sort of brass and cocky and this and that and then they're from the like the outskirts and everyone in the outskirts hates that's that i didn't realize i just figured conor mcgregor was a national hero in ireland it was but, like but, yeah but she was telling me it's different i don't, I don't know if, if irish people can confirm what this woman was talking about uh please do no it's 405 so we, we have to call uh will brooks the bellator champion champion that's right. Uh, I was watching some of his fights last night. I didn't realize this guy's been around for so long. He's, he's not some kid that just... Uh, yeah. He was in the dream promotion, and uh, I was watching one of his fights against... Uh, he was fighting... The first uh, fight against uh, Michael Chandler was unreal. That, 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 that was a war. But there yeah. was another fight that he had. Um, uh, here we go. Will Brooks. Here we go. There was another fight he had against this guy... Satoru Kiyoka. You hear this guy? Mm -mm. This guy's got wins over Condit, Kurt Pellegrino, Gomi, Kikuno. Hmm. He's beating a lot of guys. And uh, Will Brooks was, uh, we'll talk to him about it, but he was 7-0 and 
fought only local guys, and they flew him to Japan, and he beat him in the second round. Brutally beat this guy. Wow. And uh, he hit him with a suplex like yeah. I've never seen. It was Suplex City. <laughs> so I, I actually want to talk to him about this because it, it was pretty badass. Because that, that was the thing about this guy, Will Brooks, is that I first heard of him with the whole Chandler fight when he fought Chandler on short notice and won. Yeah. I didn't realize this kid's been – there's so many fighters like that. Like, you know, we, I only hear of them late in the game. Yeah. Well, well what, what, what I perceive, you know, what they perceive probably late. Definitely. No, I think, too, when he fought uh, Chandler, it was kind of his coming out party a little bit. People didn't really know who he was. But yeah. But like, you saw how he fought Chandler, and you're like, damn, this kid's good. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because he, he's actually been around for a long time. So, uh, but wait till you see this, this, like, this suplex he actually hits him with. I uh, tweeted out last night. I said, you got to check this thing out. I, it's so funny because everyone thinks I'm just a roasted account. But I, I get excited about some of these fights, and I tweet them out, and people yeah. think it's like a joke. I'm like, no, he's fucking, this is pretty badass. <laughs> Hello? Hey, is this Will Brooks? What's going on, man? What's going on? It's uh, Adam Hunter and Jake Ellenberger. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. What's up, Will? Oh, right on, man. I was waiting on a phone call. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Th th thank you for your time. Uh, dude, I was actually just showing um, I was just showing Jake, as we speak, your suplex that you beat Satoru Kiyoka with. That was, uh, well, yeah, not, I mean, you beat him by TKO, <laughs> but that was a fucking badass suplex, man. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't that was like a spur of the moment. I'm, I don't know what else to do right now, so I just grabbed on to him and threw it. <laughs> no, it was, it was amazing. And I, I was telling Jake uh, before you got on that you're a guy that, like, I heard of you in your first Chandler fight. It was the first time I've ever seen you. But I didn't realize that you, you've, you've been around for a while. Uh, I, I guess, I guess so, yeah. I've been, uh, I was up, I was in the mix with the Bellator lightweight tournaments and stuff like that, so. I mean, I've been around, but at the same time, I haven't been around, you know, because really, who really, at that time, with so many things going on with Bellator, nobody was really paying attention to the tournament, so it was kind of, I was around, but nobody was, nobody saw me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're a guy that definitely creeped up on everybody, and uh, and, and and you're doing great. I was I was doing some, uh, so you were a, a football star in high school, and you got a football scholarship in college, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a football scholarship in college, I ended up messing up my knee when I was a junior or a freshman at college and just decided that maybe football wasn't going to work out for me, man. And I had to figure out something else to do with myself. And, you know, I just I started recognizing with football, man, there's so many injuries that you end up suffering. And then after your career is done, you have to deal with those things after after your career is done. So what, what would you want to do? Be done, be able to run around with your kids or, you know, go into another profession, have a healthier lifestyle and just go about things that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, so you started in, uh, in Il uh, you went to uh, Hampton College in Illinois, and then that's where you started training, right? So your, your first seven fights. Yeah, I went to, yeah, I went to Harper College uh, Harper. in uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, and then, uh, yeah, I was playing football there, and um, I was just going to play a couple of years there and transfer to Michigan State and uh, try to, you know, fulfill my uh, scholarship deal there, but I ended up just deciding that um, not even a risk it, you know, I... I thought I was going to be able to play in the NFL, but I'm undersized and, <laughs> and getting injury, getting injured, and that that field of work wasn't didn't make sense. So I just started training in Schaumburg, Illinois, at um, Midwest Training Center. So then, that, so then you go, you go, um, you win your first seven fights as a pro. You're training in Illinois. You're kind of an unknown guy. Then they they fly you to to uh, Japan to fight this guy Satoru Kiyoka, who had already beaten yeah. Carlos Condit, beat Kurt Pellegrino. Beat Gomi, beat Kakuno. You were a huge underdog, and you just fucked this dude up. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I yeah, I don't really know what to say, man. I when I went out there, I was I was kind of just going off uh, nerves and uh, just being kind of uh, kind of brand new and a little bit of ner a little nervous. So I was just kind of going out there and going based off of uh, survive, you know. So once we got in the ring. I'm, I started clicking, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in, or excuse my language, but I'm in Japan. I'm fighting, uh, like, a big-time name in mixed martial arts, and I've only been fighting regional shows. I'm making a substantial amount of money compared to what I was making on regional shows. And I was just, like, I just flipped the, I flipped the switch, and I was like, like, kill whatever that moves in front of you right now. So I was lucky to get in there and just uh, take care of business, you know? No, and then you did something else that I don't see that much in MMA. Where uh, here, I'll show Jake right now. 
you're like behind them. You got them behind them in a, like a rear naked choke, like like behind, and you're doing uppercuts from underneath his armpit, right? You, you, oh yeah. Yeah, you don't see that much anymore, right, Jake? Do you ever see this? No, you don't. I mean, you don't really see it much anymore. Was, was that like an yeah, old thing? This right here. It was just it was <laughs> it was one of those things, man. I I was like, I could I felt him getting a little bit a little weak, you know. I wanted to try to work my way in to throw the hooks in. But I felt like, you know, why go and waste a good position when you can hurt a guy and possibly finish the fight? So I, I'm a guy that whatever opportunity I get, if I can hit you, if I need your leg, need your body, if I can punch you from whatever angle, as long as I can hit you or hurt you, man, I'm, I'm a, I don't care where it's coming from. As long as it works, I'm going to throw it. Now, Jake, why aren't guys doing that anymore? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a good answer. Yeah. I really wish, you know. I mean, to his point, I think, you know, a lot of guys are consistently finding a place to strike, you know, yeah. in any position. But I think, you know, just the, the level of competition keeps getting better. You know, guys train more and, and are becoming more aware. So you don't see that probably as often. He also, the guy was like known for his heel hooks. And you got out of his heel hook by kicking him in the face from the ground, which, yeah. is, which is pretty cool. You can't do that either, can you? Are you allowed to do that yeah, anymore? Yeah, no, I, I didn't even – I had. I remember the rules in Japan. Like you can, oh, you you can, can kick to the face or, like, oh, yeah. or soccer kick or whatever. And actually, he had me in a knee lock. And, you know, I had been training, like, getting out of knee locks and different, like, uh, transitions and defenses. And then I, uh, I blanked out. I was so nervous. He had me so deep. I blanked out. And then my corner was like, kick him in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Kick. He's like, yeah. kick him in the face. So I'm like, I just started stomping his face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I can't kick in the face right now. So yeah. this is my backup plan. So I started just stomping his face. Yeah, That's that, great. I wish they would they would adopt that rule here in the U.S. Like you could kick in the face, stomp in the face. You know, just makes there's that's a whole another another facet. You know, people got to worry about. You can't just like yeah. put a hand yeah. down. You know, you can't need the face. But yeah, it'd be a way different. Yeah. you know, different it, game. It's, it's it's like it's like that. Uh, it's like the up kick. You know, like why why can't we? I mean, why can't you do a, a straight stomp on the ground? You know, like if you're both on the ground, why can't you? kick to that guy's face if you're both on your hip or inside or something it's just like throwing that mm -hmm. up kick or that uh that t kick that john jones throws to the front front of the knee you know there's a lot of techniques that are way more dangerous than i i guess kicking a guy when he's down you know kicking mm -hmm. kicking him in the head you know yeah no some of the rules are are are, are, are kind of weird um now i gotta say in your second chandler fight at one point you had him hurt and he didn't know where he was. I mean, he literally was out on his feet, and he was looking at you like, why is there a black guy punching me right now? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was a... <laughs> that, that caught me off a little guard. Uh, it caught me off guard, guard a little bit just because we were just in a scramble, and, you know, I remember our first fight in the fifth round, we were in a scramble, and I was going to step away from a single leg, and he clipped me and dropped me. So when we were in that scramble, I was thinking, oh, this is what he likes. He likes to throw a shot. So I'm like, I'm going to beat him to the punch. And I clipped him with that big right hand. And in my mind, I didn't think that I hit him hard enough to hurt him. But when he faded back and was waving his hands, I thought maybe I poked him in the eye. And I'm a sportsman, man. I don't want to. I'm not going to attack a guy that can't defend himself if I poked him in the eye or something. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would want that same respect. So once I looked at him, I realized he was waving his hands like he was just out. He's like, "All right, I'm about to jump on him. And just I'm gonna let the ref do his job, you know." Yeah, no, we do because it looked like you didn't. You you had to hit him, but you're like, "What? You're like, what's going on right now? This is this is this is weird. It just it, the whole yeah, thing." Yeah, no, I mean, weird. yeah, I was just I was looking at him, and again, man, like I tell people, like, I get we're in the business, we're in the hurt business, you know, and I'm I'm a I'm a guy that. I'm I'm still one of those guys that I'm only going to do enough to win this fight. I'm not going to do enough to maybe um, uh, generate some injuries that or some some damage that may affect your career down the road or something like that. I think everybody should have a fair opportunity to compete in this sport. So I didn't. I, I never want to be that guy that like causes further injury that yeah, could come yeah, back do. to haunt this you guy. You do really? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind being that guy. <laughs> I try to put a guy's I try to put a guy's leg on backwards with a heel hook. Really? Yeah. Who? Yeah. A couple times. Well, once actually wasn't my fault, Adam. Somebody in training 
Exactly. I, I don't do this in training for, but to, to to be fair, I wouldn't do this in training. But when guys, you know, you know, you always got the guys who have like the super egos. They go extra hard. They try to like, you know, flex on you. Yeah. And, and they, and one guy almost almost blew my knee out. So then I was like, all right, so cool. And then I I, I tried to heel hook him, and of course he like tried to put his finger in my eye. But anyway, who was this? Was long. I don't know. I don't know who it was. Oh, okay. But this was yeah. It was a while ago, yeah. but I've 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 kind of changed the way I view the fight, though. I mean, you know, if obviously that, that that's what the refs there for too. You know, guys are gonna tap if you put them in a dangerous position. But yeah, yeah. the level of tap, and I like mean, I said, you you gotta have that idea that like if this guy has opportunity, he's probably not gonna think the same way I'm gonna think. You know, so I gotta be as aggressive as as aggressive as I could possibly be because some guys are just mm-hmm. some guys are just really tough. You know, so. You're cranking an ankle lock or something like that. This guy may not tap, but you right. know, and the ref may think like this guy's just going to tough it out. So it might force you to just, you know, like one of my coaches said, take that shit off and take it home with you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. If you got to snap his arm, snap his arm, take it off and go home with it. You know, but I'm still, I'm still brand new to this sport, so I'm trying to make that transition into that mindset where I, I got to be willing to do stuff like that. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, starting to grow into that idea. Oh, by the way, when you were when you beat Satoru Kiyoka, uh, and you were a young uh, single guy in Japan, how much puss did you get? I mean, how much Asian tail did you take home with you? Just slaying chicks. Oh, no. <laughs> slaying. None, man. None. Yeah, I mean, my old my old lady was out there with me. So oh, all right. It was. Uh, it was uh, I was. Uh, I was on my best behavior. You know, nice. she. She. Uh, she's. Uh, she's like my babysitter. Every time I turn around, she's right there. So <laughs> I, I don't mess around, man. How long have you been married for? Uh, no, we're not married yet. We're actually uh, we're actually engaged. We're getting married next year. So, uh, but man, you know what? The way our relationship has been working out, you might as well say we've been married, man. Like, she digs her hands in my pockets. She tells me what to do. Hey, she wants to argue and fight all the time. So we're pretty much a married couple. You know? Is she a, a, a white girl, black girl, Asian girl? White girl, man. I, I, I'll be honest with everybody, man. I ain't never had any luck with black chick, man. Really? Mainly because, man, yeah, man, because. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I live my life with black women, you know, my mom, my sisters, cousins, all them. All they want to do is argue and bicker and fight and stuff <laughs> like that. So I'm like, you know what? I live with it all my life. I don't want to have to live with it for the rest of my life. I'm good, you know. I'm, I'm all right. So now, now, is your family accepting that, or they are like, when you bring home a white chick, are you like, you know, you caused this. This is your fault. If you guys hadn't argued this no, so far, no, man, it ain't like that. It ain't like. I'm bigger on a white chick and this is my backup plan type shit. No, no, my family is killed. My family is cool with everything, man. Like, as long as you're not bringing home some female that's going to disrespect our family, things like right. that. And, you know, you bring home a classy chick and everything's cool. You bring some some trashy little ratchet chick home, you'll have some issues. But, right. Adam, you know, I, Adam I, loves, I, I know those rules. Adam loves the ratchet chicks. Uh, of course, you got to love. Well, once in a while, look, you have to get a ratchet chick before you get a regular chick. You have okay. to, to kind of. You sound like. <laughs> By the way, you brought up that question. It sounded like you ended up sketchy on a chick. Well, sometimes, man. <laughs> sometimes you gotta you gotta know what you don't want. You know, you have to yeah. go through that. You know, but uh, this but a guy. This, this is a guy who's uh, sitting on Tinder for hours all day. You know? <laughs> Right, right, swipe it all day. Oh hell yeah, dude, dude, Tinder was, that's been great for me. Are you kidding me? Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I gotta say, oh, man. your first fight. Uh, sorry to go back to MMA, but uh, your first fight with uh, Michael Chandler. I think you know, I was I was impressed for sure. I think I think a lot of people were kind of like you know, Chandler was the guy at the time. He's kind of just running over people, and I think you know, you showed when you when you beat him, people were like, oh wow, you know, do you think that was like when you really really coming out, like really, you know, your time to shine? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I've always been, I've been a type of guy, I've been a little mathematical with the way I've I've approached this sport. You know, I've recognized that you have a lot of building to do. You don't want to come right out and show everybody who you are as a fighter, who you are as a person. You want to keep the fans kind of wanting more. And I think that was the opportunity to be able to come out and be like, all right, well, some of the fans have seen what I can do during a tournament. And uh, now it's this opportunity to really come out and show what else I got. So kind of take the top off of it a little bit more. And uh, that's what I was trying to do with that first fight with Chandler. And I just recognized the fact that uh, he was going to give me that opportunity just because he's an incredibly talented fighter and he's a very tough uh, tough guy. So I was just like, man, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for to really mm-hmm. open up and show people who I am and what I can do when you put me in the fire, you know, and, 
I think uh, I think I did a pretty good job. There's some things that I would I wish I could change, but you know, going into the second fight, I, I definitely feel like I changed a lot of things. Now you're very outspoken on Twitter. You're one of the most funniest person people on Twitter to follow. Uh, sometimes like you get angry at like Bellator and you'll just tweet out, this is bullshit. You don't promote me like you do other guys. Like, <laughs> like depending on what mood you are, uh, you're very out. Like, are you happy now with the way Bellator is treating you? Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm really happy, man. I think it was, again, it was one of those things where when I was yelling and screaming and things like that, there was a lot of stuff going on with, when uh, the year was around, there was a lot of things behind the scenes that were that was really kind of unfair. And I was watching a lot of guys just kind of going on about their business and just being treated any type of way. And that's just not that's just not how I've been treated. Like I've been taught, you know, to allow people to treat you any type of way. That's just that doesn't fly in my family. So uh, for me to sit back and just kind of play the play play my role or something like that just doesn't fit. You know, I think a lot more fighters need to start to understand their value, appreciate their place, uh, bring appreciate what they bring to the table understand that we are we're contractors you know these guys are they're renting out our skills they're they're we're con- they're contracting out our services you know so it's not we're working for them we're working together so if you're going to treat me like i'm i'm just you know i'm your cab driver and you can talk however you want to and treat me however and yeah you know i'm gonna get a little bit verbal but now they've been since the regime has changed, the identity has changed, the idea has changed. There's a lot more positive energy. Scott Corker is a, a great guy. The people he's brought in, they've been amazing. They've brought a positive energy around, and that's always good to work to be able to work in a positive environment. So yeah, but you're I'm a but, lot more chill now. But your Twitter feed is not as funny, by the way. Just so you know. It's not as entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was like it got so bad that Derek Brunson was tweeting, "Go to bed, Will. Go to bed. You yeah. stop it, please." Yeah. Other fighters, other yeah, organizations man. were telling you to calm down. That's how bad it was. Yeah, no, it got it got pretty bad. I was getting a lot. I was actually getting phone calls from other fighters, like guys that I hadn't even talked to. You know, I like never had met, never talked to, and they were giving me phone calls and like. Some guys even say, like, man, more power to you. Like, you said everything I wanted to say, blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, I'm back to being chill, calm, boring Will Brooks. <laughs> That's who I am, man. I'm like, I'm so peaceful, man. I just want a positive energy for everybody. And once I'm in my positive, easygoing place, I'm, I'm a pretty boring dude. Now, how do you think you would fare up against some of the guys in the, the UFC, like a guy like Rafael Dos Anjos, Pettis, Khabib, guys in, in your weight class? Yeah, I think I think I would be able to. I think I'd be able to beat those guys, man. I think, of course, I have to look at the fact that those guys have been in this sport way longer than me. They've had a lot more experience than I have. They've been fighting the the best guys in the world and uh, have just has had that time to build that experience. But I think I'm working my way up to that point where if you sign your name on that contract, I can definitely beat you. You know, I got a great coaching staff around me. I'm starting to understand who I am as a fighter. Understand where my skills lie. And really try to and start to appreciate who I am as a competitor. So, so, so I'm gonna I put Will like Brooks says Will Brooks. All right, so Will Brooks, I can beat Rafael dos Anjos. That's gonna be the title of this podcast. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> if, if if we were signing our names on a contract tomorrow, I'd go out there and beat him. All right, good, good, good. Now, what do you think of Conor McGregor? That dude, <laughs> that dude is awesome. I love that dude. Man. I know a lot of people think he's like he's a loud mouth, getting a little getting a little annoyed with him, but. Man, I feel like this sport needs it. You know, I think this sport started to kind of die out a little—not die out, but kind of get, kind of get a little, um, Stale. little too mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Too, uh, too white bread, like like Fox Sports, like Fox TV, like you know what I'm saying? Like too edited out, and it was just kind of, kind of getting Brady Bunch kind of deal going. You know, nobody wanted animosity towards each other, and that dude's bringing it out of everybody, you know? You can uh, see it in other guys. Other guys are kind of... Stepping up their game. Kind of doing a little bit more talking now, so it's cool. I love him. Night. Now, who, now, when's your next fight? I'm not sure yet, man. I'm actually talking to Coker, my manager right now, trying to figure that out right now, so um, I, I hope it's sometime soon. I hope it's in uh, August, but you never know, man. Well, listen, Will, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. It's a pleasure. I'm a huge fan, and I uh, look forward to watching you grow and t- and uh, take over the sport, buddy. Man, thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. All right, take care, Will. All right, that was Will Brooks. Nice guy. I think, you know, good champ. Happy for the guy. Wishing nothing but success. Our next interview is with Frankie Edgar. 
former UFC champion, uh, one of the, my favorite fighters to watch, my favorite people actually, just an all-around good dude. Uh, actually, we have to schedule him later because he's coaching kids wrestling. I mean, how fucking cool is that? You have Frankie Edgar as your wrestling coach. I mean, it's like, can you imagine that? It's like having Larry Bird as your basketball coach while he's playing. It's uh, pretty damn awesome. You don't see it at other sports, so we're going to talk to him about that. It went over Uriah Faber, uh, what he thinks about the fights this weekend, and other stuff. So we'll talk to Frankie right now. Oh. Hey, Frankie. What's up, man? What's up, man? It's Adam Hunter. What's going on? How's everything going? Everything's good. How are you? Good, good, good. So you're coaching kids wrestling? I am. I'm walking off the mats right now. <laughs> How cool is that, man? You're 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 one of the best fighters in the UFC. You're on a three fight winning streak. You're a former champion, and you have time to coach kids wrestling. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, you know, it's all right. It's my my own kids, so you know, <laughs> I gotta be there. <laughs> That's still amazing, man. Now, how how old are your kids now? I have a six, a four, and then a, a, a almost year old daughter. Damn, two boys. And then the daughter, yeah. Frankie Edgar, the answer is to not use protection because you are having lots of kids. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, procreate, fight and procreate. That's, that's what I do. Nice. So the six and four, they're already wrestling. How are they? Good. They're all right. They're, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to. They're six years old. I mean, I like it. They're a little. They're a little soft for my liking, but you know, we'll see. We'll toughen them up. <laughs> You're toughening up a six-year-old. That's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, um, by the way, congrats on your last win over Favor. I thought, you know, some people said it was like, you know, it was a boring fight. I didn't think. I didn't think it was boring at all. I think you got two of the when when you have two really high-level guys competing who who are who are quick. And even in a lot of areas, one's a guy a little bit better than the other. That's what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's one of the best to do it, and uh, it was an easy fight. You know, I definitely was uh, felt like I was trying to come after him, and I had to be careful. I couldn't, you know, blindly go after him too too aggressive because you know he's right favor and he's good at what he does. So you know, I had to definitely be on my p's and q's and uh, and make sure I get that w. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best. So. To, to, to beat him in any way, shape, or form is always a positive. No, it was great. And I, I really noticed that you really worked on that uh, that knee tap double, uh, which I haven't seen a lot. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? When you kind of – I've seen other guys do that too, actually. Benavidez did it his last fight where you, you kind of take your right hand, you push his shoulder, and then you, you get your left hand and kind of knee tap him as opposed to really committing for the double leg. But it seems to be effective. It worked a couple times during that fight. It is. It does work pretty good. You know, it's something uh, I'll throw in there once in a while. You know, it, uh, if you can freeze your opponent, you, you can get it off sometimes. But, uh, you know, it's something you could do, too. It's not, not, not so much, uh, you know, not committing on a shot and getting caught underneath as much. Yeah, no, it was great. And I, in your last three fights, man, I mean, uh, that, that beat down a Cub Swanson. You know, Cub's a friend of mine, but Jesus Christ. That was, uh, that was, that was ugly. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a good matchup for us. And, uh, yeah, I was able to like, capitalize on some things. So, uh yeah, it was a good one. And then I was at your BJ Penn fight. I, I don't know if you saw me. I was in the third row, and uh, I was sitting right behind Ronnie from Jersey Shore. Oh, uh, he, he was he's pretty amped up, man. <laughs> that was it. Was like I was sitting there. It was me. Uh, Chris Angel was next to me. Dana White was a little ahead. Chris Weidman, Anthony Anthony Bourdain, and Ronnie from Jersey Shore is wearing a tank top and sunglasses, and he's going. Fuck him up, Frankie! Kick his ass! Ah, ah. And every time you landed a punch, you'd be like, that's how we do it in Jersey! Ah, stop! And he just started, <laughs> he was on his chair, jumping around. I, I don't know. Like I, a rerun, rerun of the Jersey Shore. <laughs> dude, it was unbelievable. It was so entertaining, but everybody was kind of uncomfortable during it. But uh, it was hilarious. It was so funny. Could you, could you hear him yelling that during the fight? I could, man. I, I, I didn't know who it was until afterwards. And then he was uh, he was pretty banged up. It was funny. <laughs> now, were you surprised that BJ came out with that strange boxing stance? You know, I, I you know I, we kind of thought it might happen because uh, at the stare down and a couple times we've seen him doing it. So, uh, you know, we talked about it before the fight, but I didn't even notice it when it's going on because in the fight I I'm just looking him in, I'm looking him in the eyes. And I don't even know he's on his toes. I'm already looking down. Uh, I didn't really realize until so, so, like kind of halfway through the fight that he's doing that. You know and. Uh, it's, I wasn't too surprised, and BJ, every time I fought him, he kind of did something different, you know? Yeah. Like the way he approached the fight, the way, the way he came out, I felt like every time I fought him was different, you know? Uh, that's kind of that's kind of BJ, you know, tries to reinvent things sometimes when he should probably just stick to being who he is. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, 
I noticed that like I, there's like a Frankie Edgar curse where guys after you fight them they're never the same. They're like uh, BJ and the Maynard. Frankie, the Frankie Edgar effect. No, no. <laughs> uh, you're like the Mandingo of fighting, where like a chick fucks Mandingo, her vagina is never going to close. You're, you're kind of. You're, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm t after they fight, you guys are just never. They're always. They're just different. What do you What are you doing to these people, man? No, I don't. I don't know if I'm doing anything, man. I think I'm just catching them at the right time. I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. Now, uh, now, are you gonna sit out and or, and wait to see who wins the Aldo versus McGregor fight? Well, I mean, it's a month away. We're about a month away from that fight, so I, I want to see what happens, you know. And hopefully, uh, all goes well, and I, I get the winner. Now, who do you think wins that fight? You know, I mean, I, I think it's a favorable matchup for for, for McGregor, just because I think Aldo's gonna stand with him. That's that's where McGregor, as, as far as we know, is 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 his best place, but. Um, just some unknowns about McGregor, and until we know him, we can't we can't really bank on uh, you know if he's got a ground game, if he's been through adversity, if he's been you know how he is in the later rounds. Um, so I gotta go with Aldo. You're going with Aldo. Now, who do you want to win? I, I mean, really, I don't really care. You know, more I think about it, or whoever. Uh, I would, I would, you know, when I think about it, I would like to be the guy to 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 dethrone Aldo. You know, if I get that opportunity next, you know, I think it would mean more if I was able to be the one that was able to take the belt from Aldo. I mean, although it's crazy because I, I was looking at your fights last night. All your losses, aside from the Aldo, which I thought may have been a legitimate loss, I, I, I could, I could, but I could see them giving you the draw, even the win. But the two Ben Henderson fights, I, th I thought you won. The first Gray Maynard fight was very, very close. You really could have one loss on your record right now very easily. If anything, you, I mean, you could even have no losses. Does that do you, do you walk around thinking about that, or do you just kind of kind of does that kind of roll yeah, off? Yeah, you know, I think the first Gray Maynard fight, I, I gave that to him hands down. I think the other ones though were definitely uh, could have could have went the other way, you know, for sure. But um, I mean, that's the way it goes, you know. I can't think about what ifs, you know. Yeah. Just kind of keep moving forward and just hope I get this next this, this damn title shot. I I, I gotta know because I'll I'll never know what it's like to be a fighter, and I'm I'm, I'm like so jealous. I'm not jealous, but I like. Like I, you know, I wrestled in high school. But, you know, I I won the the prep school class A's, which was a big deal in the prep school league, uh, four years in a row. And I, I I look at that and I I I I often like go, man. I, I look up to you guys so much, but I wonder what it, now. What is it like when you're in a in an octagon, and Gray Maynard hits you, and and then you're you're down, and then you're down again, and you're down again. Like, are you just is is, is the room spinning? Are you just hearing voices? Yeah, I, you know, I I, I guess I. You know, I don't know what's going on. I mean, uh, I don't remember much of it until after I watch it. And uh, I think I'm on autopilot because I'm listening. I mean, I just, some of the stuff I'm doing, I'm listening to my guys. So I must be coherent. Yeah. You know? But uh, I don't really remember much of it. I mean, is it, is, it, is, it, is it like Rocky? You know how like when Rocky gets hit and then he like sees the train and everything is in slow motion? Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no trains, none of that. Uh, I don't know what. I, 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 honestly, I, I couldn't tell you because I don't remember. You know, sometimes. I think in that fight, it was like the fourth round. I remember bouncing around and saying, damn, what the hell happened to my ankle? <laughs> and uh, I think in the first round, when, when, it, when I got dropped one at a time, I, I rolled back on my ankle, and I had no idea what happened to my ankle. In the fourth round, I kind of came to, and I'm like, damn, my ankle hurts. And I had no idea why. <laughs> I mean, even afterwards, they're like, my, my coaches were telling me, there's something about the takedown. I'm like, I took him down? They're like, oh, you took him down like four times. I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> Dude, your coach, we had, we, yeah. had, we, 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 we had Henzo on the podcast. And he was talking about uh, how his one of his fights in Brazil, he backed up against the octagon and somebody stabbed him. He was saying in one of yeah, his fights. Yeah, it's pretty wild over there. I seen one where he, some dude was talking talking trash to him over, over the cage, and he reached back and blasted the dude. I'm always fighting a 45 minute fight with some guy. He's, he's over there. Then he was saying that he went to a concert with his kid, and someone was talking shit to him at a concert, uh, and and they were giving his daughter alcohol. And he's like, hey, man, quit giving my daughter alcohol. She's 19. The guy's like, fuck you, old man. So he waited for him in the bathroom, choked him out, and then put the guy's head in the toilet. So <laughs> I guess if these, I'm not surprised. I'm I guess surprised. if these are your coaches, you know, they're probably not that nerve. They're probably not that worried about you. These are the guys coaching you. No, no, yeah. They'll send me in. They don't mind. They don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. Now, are you still training with the, uh, the Rutgers wrestling team? Uh, I'm not like uh, on staff for coaching. I still go up there and work out. I'm probably gonna hit up, hit him up this week. You know, during camps, I kind of keep it uh, MMA oriented. I'm at wrestle, but uh, more with, with my coach. <clears throat> but uh, in between fights, I like to go up there and work out with the guys. 
Yeah. I got to ask, like, like you were at 55 and you were fighting guys coming down from 180 and now you're at 45. Have you noticed the, like the, that the guys aren't as strong at 45? Yeah, you can tell. It's just like the body types, you know. I'm not, not so much uh, – I'm not really a guy that goes in there and tries to muscle guys or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm able to keep guys down a little easier. And, uh, you know, I think I was, I was getting takedowns everywhere. But now I can get takedowns and kind of hold you down a little bit a little bit easier when now these guys are, are uh, more my size. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's go over the fights this week. There's some good fights this week. I'd love to get your picks on them. Uh, Dan Henderson versus Tim Bosch. Dan Henderson, Tim Bosch. And I, I'm, a, I'm such a Henderson fan, man. I'm always going to pick Dan. So I'll go with him on that one. I hope Dan wins, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, Tim Bosch is a, is a solid dude, but like, I just, I, I, I kind of want to see Dan retire already because I just feel like he's yeah, taking man, too much. You know, you want, you want to know if he's at the end, but uh, I mean, that, that right hand's an equalizer, so he's always in. <laughs> Does it bother you that you don't have that right hand? That you have to punch the guys so much? I, I would love, I would love to have that right hand. <laughs> it seems like you got to do a lot more work. Uh, Matt yeah. Mit- Matt Mitrione versus Ben Rothwell. Um, man, I, it's, it's, that's a toss up for me. Uh, whoever connects first, you know, I mean, Rothwell's been looking pretty decent. I think Mitrione's is a lot more one of the most athletic big guys, but uh, I think if Rothwell connects, it might be uh, might be over. Right. It seems like Mitrione beats the guys that I think he's going to lose to, and then loses the guys that he's going to beat. You know. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, he, he's super athletic. I feel like if he puts it together, man, he, uh, he, he'd be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. He, he doesn't like me. He like called me a nerd on, on like Twitter, which I, really? I, I guess I am a nerd, so I guess it's not really an insult. Uh, Dustin Poirier against Yancey Modernos. You know, uh, that guy Yancey's tough, man. I train with Dustin. He's a good dude. Uh, I, I think, you know, Dustin's, uh, you know, at 55, he's been doing well. I'll pick Dustin. Yeah, do you gonna pick Dustin? It's gonna be a good fight. I mean, Yancey's Yancey's pretty damn good. Uh, and the only time he's he ever is, lost he is, 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 is yeah, Gracie guys, the Gracie brothers too. I mean, he's tough, but uh, I mean, I don't know much super super lot about him. I know I trained with Poirier. He's definitely a tough, solid kid. You know, I'm I'm not too good at picking fights, man. Be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Ortego, Tiago Tavares. You, you know these guys? Uh, Tiago Tavares. Yes, I know him. I know the other guy, but I know Tiago Tavares, so I, I, I'll go with him. Uh, the, the other guy is 10-0, and 0, but he got caught for steroids. His first fight in the UFC, he got popped for roids. Uh, yeah, but, so he's still 10-0, though? How, how's that right? I, guess, I guess it won no contest. No contest? No contest? I'm sorry. What, now, what do you think of the whole three-year ban? Yeah, I, I mean, it's for Fred. You know what? Good, I guess. It'll make guys not want to do steroids, you know? I think it's good, but the, then again, I think they have to get more specific because, like, I know my girl Ashley Evan Smith took a, a diuretic to to lose weight, and then she got popped for that. And I mean, does she get popped for three right. years if you take a stupid diuretic? I think it, they got to. Right, be- yeah, they're gonna have, they're gonna have to like iron it out a little more, I think. But uh, you know, maybe maybe first time offense two years. I I don't know. I mean, you know, you you don't want to ruin a kid who's just made a dumb mistake's life, you know, career at fighting, but. Then again, you want to definitely deter guys from, from thinking about taking steroids. Now, how many guys have you trained with? You don't have to say who are are uh, juicing. I don't know, man. I, my guy, I, I'm not coming kind of from a small camp, you know. So uh, I'm sure there are guys that are, you know. But uh, none of my guys in my immediate circle, I would say, are. Good. Uh, yeah, you got you have a really good team, man. You're uh, like it's like you guys are all solid New Jersey guys, which is which is which is great. Yeah, we got some we got some solid Jersey guys and some Brazilian guys. Transplants, you know what I mean? That kind of make it, uh, make it all right. Yeah, uh, Sean Jordan, Derek Lewis. This is gonna be the fight of the night. I mean, someone's getting knocked out in this fight. Yeah, uh, I'll go Sean Jordan. Dude's like my height, but a monster. <laughs> the <laughs> other know? guy's a monster too. The other, the other guy fought on the same card as you. Remember that that guy? He was on that on the same card as you on that uh, the huge black dude that was just fucking throwing haymakers. Oh, the black beast. The yeah, black beast? the black beast. Yeah, yeah, he, he is a black beast, man. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. Whoever gets hit first, this is where the good shots going. And then finally, Francisco Rivera versus Bruce Leroy. Oh man, Bruce Leroy he's pretty pretty good against uh, Uriah. I think that was his last fight, but I remember, remember seeing that one. So did uh, Rivera though. Rivera was beating Uriah until he got poked. Yeah, exactly. I was about, I was, that's about to say. Yeah, but he was. I felt like he'd get the best of Uriah. So I, I'm gonna go. I'll go with uh, Rivera. Yeah, I think I think Leroy smoked too much weed, and and uh, I have no alga- and I'm just assuming that. Uh, now listen, 
Uh, I'm going to be in Jersey uh, June 19th and 20th playing Princeton, New Jersey. Are you going to be there? June 19th and 20th. Yes, I will be there. It's a Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Catch a rising star in Princeton. All right. I might have to come check you out Friday. That will be great. It'll work, too. That will be awesome. Bring your beautiful wife. Have some more kids during the show. Yeah, hey, you never know. You never know. Dude, I, I've like seen your wife. If I if I had your wife, I would have three kids too. I'd have three kids the yeah, first hey, night. Yeah, I gotta get on it when I can. You your know? wife is smoking hot, and she's like a and she's <laughs> Jersey hot. So she's 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 like aging well. She got little hips. She's tan. She got the cute accent. Uh, you're you're a lucky yeah. dude. So uh, she's all right. I lucked out. I lucked out. You lucked out. You lucked out, man. Well, listen, Frankie. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Good luck with everything, man. It's an honor to have you on the show. You honestly are my favorite fighter. So uh, thanks for everything, man. Adam, thanks so much. I hope to see you in Jersey here at Princeton. All right, take care, Frank. All right, bro. Take care. All right, that was Frankie Edgar. Nice guy, man. What a what a solid dude. So that was our podcast for today. Uh, you could find me at MMA Roasted or at Adam Comedian. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Hemp Core. Uh, go to. Uh, I'm telling you guys, if you if you want to get buff and feel good and um. And everything else, and, and you want to actually, if you need a good life, if, if you want you want your life to improve, start taking hemp core. These guys, they're Canadians. You know they're good. I'm half Canadian. Uh, it doesn't contain any illegal ingredient. Uh, and listen, it's it's currently used by fighters all over North America. Four tablespoons or two scoops provide our athletes with 16 grams of highly digestible protein per serving. That's 700 milligrams of omega-3. 130 calories, 6 grams of dietary fiber, along with an almost unbeatable nutritional facts list and amino acid profile. So go to hempcorestore.com. That's hempcorestore.com. Also, listen, people, I know how important your business is. A lot, a lot of you guys have businesses out there. You know people who have businesses. And graffiti and uh, you know all kinds of vandalism is not good. If you, if you go to a store and you see someone's it's all vandalized, you're going to keep walking. You're not going to want to go there. However, the guys at Remove It Restoration have you covered. Call them at 1-888-424-9697 or go to removeitrestoration.com. They remove everything. Uh, and they'll take care of it for a good price. Tell them that you, uh, you heard of them from MMA Roasted, MMA Roasted, or Adam, and they'll even take uh, – they'll, they'll hook you guys up. So – RemoveItRestoration.com, as well as Hemp Core Store. Thank you to Frankie Edgar, Will Brooks, Jake Ellenberger. Next week, we have Chris Weidman, Johnny Hendricks, and Anthony Burchak. We got a, a stacked show next week. So thank you guys so much. This weekend, I will be in uh, Planet Gemini in uh, – where am I? Planet Gemini in California in uh, – Planet Gemini in, in, nor in Northern California. Uh, it's uh, – it's in Northern California. Also, I have a, a movie. Um, Is it in Monterey? In Monterey. In Monterey. Also, I have a, a movie uh, uh, called Pinned. You can please donate on Indiegogo. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. We're over $5,000, which is uh, – we're going we're gonna to get there. We're going to get there. I'm going to make this movie. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, I think in uh, this year in Sundance, 70% of the movies have been funded independently on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So I'm doing it too. Fuck waiting around for someone to do it for me. I'm doing it. So if you like this show and you want to help me, donate. Whether it's $5, $10, $10,000, everything helps. Obviously, 10 grand's more. Helps more. But thank you guys so much. Thanks, Fox Sports. Have a great week.